Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, glad that you're with us on this Thursday. Wyatt Barmore-Pooley is in for Sandy Max. Greg Matzik is here. Debbie Lazaga is here. Adam Roberts is here. We are here. I got to tell you, so last Friday... Six days ago, I went to the Skylight Music Theater to see the world premiere of Super You. It's a musical, and it's powerful, and it's incredible. It's basically the story of a female comic book artist who steps into her own power and her superhero creations come to life. It is so inspiring, and the music is really out of this world. I was blown away. I was super impressed. I thought, oh, this will be kind of fun. I think Michelle will like it. I absolutely loved it. One of the cool things was... This was written by a renowned lyricist, author, playwright. Her name is Lourdes Lane, and she's a New Yorker. And this was scheduled to open off-Broadway before the pandemic, on the path to be on Broadway. The pandemic happens, all that gets shelved. And now they opened this incredible musical here in Milwaukee, and Lourdes Lane was there. She sat in the seat right in front of us. And at one point, she was singing and dancing and really into it. And she kind of turned around and she said, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm getting in the way of you guys wanting to see this, but I wrote this. This is like my baby. And it was like, oh, my gosh, this is the creator. She's sitting right there. Michelle had tears in her eyes throughout the whole thing. And it was incredibly powerful. And I tell you all of this because the generous folks at Skylight have now decided that they want to give you the chance to see this. And it runs in Milwaukee until June 18th, and I highly recommend it. If you use the code RADIO radio you can get your tickets for 50 percent off this is incredible it's a small beautiful venue so you can buy your tickets online at skylightmusictheater.org you can call the box office just google it you can get all that information it's at the skylight music theater and use the code radio get tickets for half off i tell you what you got to check this out especially if you have young girls in your life student age or you're a woman looking for inspiration Make sure you get to this show. It is called Super You. Rise up, blast through, and use the code RADIO. RADIO. You get your tickets for half off. you got to check this out. It is really super special. It is 413 at WTMJ. A very special treat up next. The punter for your Green Bay Packers, Pat O'Donnell, is with us live straight ahead. Packers players are in camp. Another sign of summer is that the Lombardi Classic is getting ready to take place here in southeast Wisconsin. The guy at the center of it all is Packers punter Pat O'Donnell, who is with us this afternoon. Pat, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, Pat. Hey, guys. What's going on? Thanks for having me on. You know, I couldn't help but thinking about you when the news broke yesterday that Mason Crosby's house in Green Bay sold. Uh, You're familiar with the house. I think you lived there for a while, didn't you? A year ago today you were there. Yeah, I'm quite familiar with that house, especially the basement. Uh, so, yeah, we can make a bunch of jokes about that. But, uh, no, I, I love Mason. I love that family so much. And they were the reason, actually, why I got into uh, you know the Lombardi Foundation in this great tournament. So uh, definitely going to miss them. Well, I just want to put something to rest. We want to make sure you're not the one that bought the house. I did not buy the house. Uh, it was probably out of my budget. But, uh, no, it's... Uh, <laughs> 
I don't know who actually bought it, but uh, I'm sure they did a great house, and I'm sure Mason and Molly handpicked them out for that neighborhood. So. <laughs> well, we know Mason's working through a transition time, but Pat, uh, to have you back involved, uh, your second year with the Lombardi Foundation Golf Classic, I know Mason sort of brought you into it last year. You've, you've got a connection, of course, many of us do listening uh, to the dreaded disease of cancer. What did you learn from last year's event? Uh, it's an event that we welcomed you to, that, that I emceed and had a great time talking connect, and connecting with you on. Uh, but what stood out about it to you? You know, what really drew me to the uh, Lombardi Cancer Foundation was just, you know, my past with my father, you know, battling cancer. Uh, he was unfortunately affected by colon cancer, had 11-year bout with it, just like Coach Lombardi did. So it was something near and dear to my heart that I really wanted to be a part of and stay connected to. So that's the reason why I go to it. That's the reason why I support it. And I know everyone there definitely has a, a deep-rooted connection to the foundation also. And, and you get to you get to play invitee in the locker room, right? Hey, guys, uh, I'm Pat. Well, I'm your punter. It's nice to meet you. Oh, by the way, can you come down to Menominee Falls and golf for a weekend? You wouldn't believe how many guys don't want to hit, like, that first tee shot with a random uh, four-ball, four-pairing. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, these guys are professional athletes, and they're like, you know, I, I'm not good enough yet to do something like that. I'm like, oh, come on, just sign up. It's for a great cause. So we'll have a bunch of guys out there, and we're going to raise a bunch of money. So everyone's excited. Well, definitely looking forward to that. We know you kind of have to mix it in with uh, OTAs and mini camps. It's nice to get that little break to blow off a little steam and, and come down here and play some golf. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, the weather is amazing. I don't know if it's amazing by you guys, but it should be a really fun weekend. Uh, I know all the guys, you know, the six, seven guys that have said yes are looking forward to probably being uh, – the guy in the locker room talking all that bunch of noise on Monday talking about how good their golf game is. So I'm looking forward to it. I, do you start with the rookies? When, you, when you're putting on your pitch for which Packers are going to come play in this event, they, do you start with the rookies and the specialists? You know what? I think you go by position group. It's not necessarily uh, rookies or you know veterans. It's what guys actually play golf. You go through the position groups. Quarterbacks, you always have them. Specialists. And offensive line is a huge number. They love to play golf also. So I think you start more position group. All right, good enough. How's your golf game? How often do you get to play? I've actually been getting out quite a bit this off season, so I'm very thankful for my wife for allowing me to do that with two young kids. Uh, but I am like 80s right now, like 85, 84. So I think that's pretty solid for myself. I'm no scratch golfer yet. That's good. That's that's respectable. That's, Absolutely. That's legit. I, there's something with kickers, right? I don't know if it translates to punters, Pat, but but kickers always seem to be single-digit handicaps. I, I think punters need to build a better name and, and reputation for themselves. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it starts with myself, so I actually need to get down there. But these guys say they're scratch golfers. You know, they say, like, oh, I'm a two-handicap. And then when you play with them, you're like, you're not a two-handicap. There's no way. <laughs> I don't know if you've run across anybody like that, but... Uh, I have on occasion, as a matter of fact. I, hey, did I see that you're also a uh, a clothing designer? Yes, I try to dabble in many things, but uh, this one is uh, special. It's a, I did a collaboration with Homage Apparel. I mean, it's in the Packers Pro Shop, and it was pretty much a design to pay homage to all the dads out there trying to do their best every day. Um, little background on it, just being an athlete. You know, you get an off-season, but me having two young kids, like, you never – have an off season like it never ends so we're just doing a little thing on father's day to raise money raise awareness uh for the lombardi foundation through that as well so it's it's dad season right every season is dad season yes it's never ending dad season is, is fluid there's no off season 
Hey, Pat, what's what's the difference between the uh, the Bears fan base and the Packers fan base? You played several years in Chicago. You're a Packer. Now, what's the difference between the fan bases? I would say the Packers fan base is nicer, I would say. You know, they're actually uh, enthusiastic and really excited to meet you. They're, you know, ready to, like, this event. Like, I'm sure a lot of them are going to be, you know, asking about the transition and thing, the quarterback and this and that. But they're generally interested. They're really excited. Um, and they're just great people. I'm not saying that Chicago fans are, um, but Chicago kind of has that doom and gloom at times where they're kind of like, oh, you know, the Bears are the Bears and kind of always be like that. Oh, 85 Bears, like that's what they talk about. But um, <laughs> That's embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the difference without actually having me on a headline somewhere. <laughs> Way to play it safe. Well done, Pat. Yeah. Uh, I, I've heard the phrase, and people will say this, once a Packer, always a Packer. Do they say that in Chicago? Once a Bear, always a Bear? Or is that something you try and get away from? Uh, yes, they do. They do. Uh, they do a great job with the alumni relations. But uh, it's really funny. Like, I played with Josh Sitton, and he, you know, he crossed over into Chicago when I was there. And then, you know, he was you know, recognized at halftime. So it's, it's really cool that the Packers do that. I think they recognize more uh, alumni, you know, versus Chicago at times. You know, just from like a game day standpoint, I think they do an amazing job at that. All right, Pat, you ready to play a game? Oh, I was not aware of the game, but yes. (laughs) Candidly, Pat, I was not aware of this game either, but uh, here's what we're going to do. Here we go. It's a game called Five Questions. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. Okay. What was your first car? Honda Element. Do you still have it? I do not. It was passed down to my sister, which we've retired, unfortunately. Wait, the element's that boxy truck thing, right, that you can stand up a bike in? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> now, my father said uh, you could just wash it out. You don't have to take great care of it on the inside. But I think it was more so that it was a four-cylinder car, and it didn't go very fast. <laughs> Fair enough. What color? Uh, black, of course. No all sleep. right. Uh, look to it. It, this was all one question, by the way. Question number two. <laughs> if it weren't football... What would your profession be? That is a great question. You know, I was really interested in culinary. I loved cooking at the house, so I would say maybe would have dabbled in culinary. Question number three. Smoked meat, sous vide meat, or cast iron? Uh, I would say smoked meat for sure. Got a smoker out there, don't you? Ah, uh, yeah, we're in Wisconsin now, right? Got to have a smoker, gotcha. rite of passage. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Question number four: When was the last time you sprinted? This off season, working as hard. I'm telling you, even the punters and kickers. Like legit sprint, like your hands were tingling. Uh, no, I think it's more like a stroke when your hands are tingling. But yes, like cardiovascular <laughs> winded. I've never got the tingling in the hands. <laughs> okay, good enough. Uh, and number five, your favorite flavor of jelly. Oh, is this like turkey jelly? Like, there's. Uh, I take that whatever way you want. Cranberry sauce. Is that an answer? Cranberry sauce? Is that jelly? I'm looking at the. Uh, no, I'm getting a wow, sign that that's not. Like a, like a jam? Like, uh, well, yeah, jam. jelly, jam, preserves. Favorite flavor? Can I do cherry? Door County cherry jam? Is that an answer? Uh, the, correct, that? Uh, the correct answer is grape. I'm sorry, you got that one wrong. <laughs> Although AJ Dillon could get you a case probably of that Door County cherry. He definitely could. Right. That comes up in July, right? The cherry season? Yes. Yes, yes absolutely. Very good. All right. 
Awesome. You're yes, you got an answer right now. <laughs> Pat, I am looking forward to seeing you uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact. We'll have a practice round at North Hills Country Club and then the gala at the Fister uh, Friday night. Looking forward to connecting with you again. And thanks so much you do uh, for the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation. Uh, it's great to have you involved. Appreciate it, guys. Looking forward to seeing you there. All right. He is Packers punter Pat O'Donnell. Thank you. It is 426 at WTMJ. So fun. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. It is June 1st, the beginning of the month, where we really uh, celebrate pride in our community. Yeah, and I had the opportunity to talk to the executive director of Pride Fest last week. We've been using some of that stuff throughout the day, and Pride Fest is actually now open. It opened at 4 today. Oh, it'll that's run, right. It'll run through Saturday, and uh, executive director Wes Shavers got a scouting report for what's, what's new and different this year. We're really proud to uh, share that we've increased our local participation by about 45-50% by um, kind of restructuring how we uh, work with local DJs and local entertainers. So we're really excited about the increase in local representation while also having um, headliners that are internationally known. So those headliners are going to include Canadian artist Peaches, Australian artist Betty Who, and Welsh artist Bright Light. Bright Light, be honest, John, I've heard of none of them, but it is going to be fun <laughs> to learn. And they're also got a, they got a magic and illusionist act coming to Milwaukee from Las Vegas. So I'm Ooh, wow. intrigued by that. He also, we, we, we've been talking a little bit more seriously about, uh, Pride Month because there are, there are hundreds of bills in state legislatures across the country, mainly targeting the transgender community. So Shaver was talking to me about the importance of supporting the most marginalized members of the community. We need to, more than ever, be present at Pride Fest. We need to be present at the parade. And we need to be having tough conversations with people to break down the negative and false narratives that's being created. But it is also the City of Festivals is kicking off this summer, so there's a lot to look forward to. It's the 35th year, actually, of Pride Fest in Milwaukee. It's the first festival this year. Yeah, 20, 26th at the Summerfest grounds. I'm excited, and I uh, I have a unique perspective myself on Pride because I, I grew up in San Francisco, obviously. Uh, it uh, remains the most people I've ever seen in one park is when I went to Pride in 2018, and I, had, uh, I grew up with uh, two moms, so I was... Always immersed in the LGBTQ community and experience. My my mom likes to joke about being raised by a pack of wolves, and then she corrects herself. No, it was, it was a pack of lesbians. And I, I know Adam's got some of the pictures that I've given him. Whether I should have given him these pictures is uh, up for debate, but just some photos from my They're childhood growing up. They're great. And uh, it's yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. I've, I feel like I've got a unique perspective on that and it's fun to see pride in different places i've been to now pride in san francisco and milwaukee it's it was super fun last year to experience it in a new city with the midwest flair so what were the biggest blessings growing up with two moms well it was funny i would uh, kids on the playground would sometimes ask me where's your dad and i would be i would just answer honestly i've got two moms and the look of wonder on these kids faces when they realized what if there were two Two of my mom. I love my mom. What if she was more than one person? So, and San Francisco was a great place to grow up. I knew I knew other kids with uh, two moms and two dads. So it was it wasn't like I was the outsider or at all. And it was yeah, it was a it was it was good stuff. The pictures that are posted. Uh, how do we see the pictures, Adam? They are incredible. They're oh, really cool. Oh, that would be a good opportunity for you to check out our WTMJ stream and our YouTube page as I cycle through these. 
I also might tweet them a little bit later. You in the should day. do that. You tweet them and I'll retweet them. All and right. I'll make sure everybody sees them. So right now the live stream is always available to you. Uh, WTMJ.com. There's a button you can push or on the YouTube channel and you can uh, see the pictures. Uh, your your folks are still in San Francisco, right? Yes, they were they were actually in town last weekend, oh, but nice. they're now back in San Francisco and uh, hopefully ready for the, their Pride Month. You know, a funny thing, John, I didn't go to Mo- to San Francisco Pride until I was in college. I never actually went to the event. The year I went, though, uh, I was in the parade. I was I marched with uh, NCLR, the National Center for Lesbian Rights. My parents. This will sound like a stereotype, but they were friends with the uh, president at the time. Mm. And uh, so I got to experience that, which was pretty fun. I'm going to miss this Sunday's Pride Parade because I will actually be at this very radio station. But I'm excited for uh, the new, the uh, Milwaukee Parade Parade as well. Will you get down to the festival at all? I will. I, I'm planning to go Saturday with my partner and some of my friends. My partner is non-binary, so we're going to be celebrating, uh, celebrating us and celebrating Pride and hopefully celebrating some good weather. Yes, it sounds like it's going to be. Last so. year it rained, so I'm I'm excited for the sun. And on this month, when we uh, when we celebrate people and the choices that they make, be respectful, be nice. We don't all make the same choices, and it's a great month to stop and to pause and to remember all of that and to take care of each other because we're just one big community. Wyatt, great stuff. Check out the pictures, by the way. Tweet those pictures out so we can see them. They're very very cute. It is 4:44 at WTMJ. Charles Benson is with us up next. Charles, Hi, you with Charles. us? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep. Got you now. Uh, talk All about, right. give us Good some job perspective. There. Good job there, by the way. Oh, thank you. Hey, give us some Tap perspective dancing. on um, Scott Walker eight years ago attending this event and what this event really kind of signifies. Yeah, just to backtrack a little bit. I'm heading to Iowa for what is known as the Roast and Rye. This is a big event, uh, one of many that are happening in Iowa. And it's a chance for uh, candidates to get on a Harley and ride around uh, Des Moines, Iowa, and there's a chance to roast a pig and get people together and talk politics. <laughs> so there's the roast and ride part of it. But yes, I mean, think about it. Eight years ago, Scott Walker was a front runner in the presidential race. Uh, and around that time, I think he might have been one or two in the polls. And he's a guy who knows how to ride a Harley. So he was really looking forward to this event. It's thrown uh, by the, put on by the senator from Iowa, Joni Ernst. So it's uh, her ride and roast. And it's uh, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, Iowans like to go to the uh, these events and kind of talk to the politicians, hear from the politicians, as they say, you know, kick the tire, get a sense of who these candidates are. And what's interesting, this event has attracted eight of the presidential candidates. Some of the big names include DeSantis, Pence, Haley, Tim Scott, Hutchinson, Asa Hutchinson, uh, and, but no Trump. Trump will not be at this event, but he is holding a big event in Iowa tonight. But eight years ago, Scott Walker was looking pretty good. He was one of the front runners at number one or two in the polls. And so, you know, I had a chance to talk to him about this because I was trying to get a sense. I've never covered this event. Uh, but he really thinks it's one of those opportunities, even though it's early, to kind of get out there and make your case. And for DeSantis, who really just jumped into this race, as well as Tim Scott, you know, I'm curious, how do these candidates, what are they sounding like? I mean, Trump is the frontrunner. He's got the commanding lead right now. And I'm curious as to how they play to either trying to knock him off that perch or make the case for themselves on why they should be the nominee. And it's, um, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Charles, is there room 
for anybody else to sneak in there? I mean, is it the Ron and Don show? Is that it? I, so right now, certainly in the polls, it's the Ron and Don show. We were talking about Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. And the others are all in single digits. But as Scott Walker you know, will show you, uh, if you look back at what happened to him, he's a guy who's in a front runner. He's at number one and two, and he doesn't even get through the summer uh, to get. You know, he gets on the debate stage a couple times, a couple times, but he's out of the race just a few months later. So, can things change? Yes, but this time around, you have a former president who's really well defined, well known, and you got to think of you know people within the party. What are the people within the party saying? Who do they want? Now, Trump is not a guy who won Iowa caucus in 2016, comes in a close second. But, you know, this is an evangelical state. It's a conservative state. So are they going to try to find someone who's maybe, you know, who fits more of those conservative principles versus what they know and could get from Donald Trump? Does Iowa still hold the same sway that it has in years past, Charles? You know, I think a lot of people sort of question that. Just look at the demographics of Iowa. It doesn't really reflect the country. In fact, Democrats moved out of Iowa. They're going to, I believe, South Carolina as their first state because they believe it's more reflective of the national population and a more diverse uh, group. But, you know, having gone to these events, uh, Iowa does get a lot of sway in sort of who's the front runner and, you know, uh, what's uh, what are the candidates saying? They all go there. I mean, DeSantis has spent a lot of time there this week. Uh, and so they spend a lot of time there. So Iowans get a lot of opportunity to talk to the candidates. But I think uh, as time has gone on, people really wonder, well, just because Iowa says someone is number one or two, uh, doesn't really mean that you go on to be the nominee. In fact, if you look at some of the people who won the Iowa caucus, uh, Mike Huckabee didn't go on to get the nomination. Rick Santorum didn't go on to get the, the nomination. And Ted Cruz didn't go on to get the nomination. So they haven't gotten the picks right all the time. Charles Benson is with us. Are there similarities between Ron DeSantis and Scott Walker? Yeah, I think uh, when you look at it, you know, they're both uh, not so much in style, but in the aggressive policy issues that they've, you know, they've done within their state. But it was interesting because I talked to uh, the former governor, Scott Walker, about this trip and, you know, what's his thoughts about this thing and why it's important. And he said that the mistake he made going into Iowa, and he says he, he based this on what consultants were telling him, is that he went in there and said, look at what he's done in Wisconsin. Look, you know, he survived a recall. He had all these uh, conservative reforms, and he sort of ran on, you know, look at what he's done. Instead, he said he should have been saying, here's what I would do as president. So he's telling these candidates who are going there now, even a guy like DeSantis, it's not just what you've done in Florida, is what is you're going to do if you get elected, and specifically for all of these candidates, and we'll hear them when they come in August here in Milwaukee for the debate, what is it you are going to do that's not only going to be different maybe from Trump, but what will you do to beat Biden to get in the White House? Are you riding a Harley to Iowa? I will not be riding a Harley. <laughs> but what I've noticed is that uh, it won't be the pig that's just roasting in Iowa this weekend. It's going to be blazing hot there. So, uh, But looking forward to it because I haven't been to this event. And um, a good. good chance to see well, all these candidates. We look forward to hearing you uh, tell us about it next week, Charles. Charles Benson, right. TMJ4, thanks for being with us. You're welcome.